0: suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission.
1: It's Sheila Zelinsky.
0: The Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, End Time Watchwoman. Sheila Zielinski Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Wednesday, May 6th edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show. Folks, bookmark WeekendVigilante.com and sign up for my podcast there. You can see the big pink button on the right-hand side of the website. Follow it. And you'll be the first to get the podcast notifications whenever there's a show. So that is a way to do it. My guest today, folks, is Pastor Paul Bagley. He's an evangelist, radio talk show host of Coming Apocalypse, Bible prophecy teacher, a fourth generation preacher. He was ordained by Dr. Lester Summerall. And his stories on the Hosea prophecy in Texas Blood Lake was covered by the Christian Post, MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, ABC, CBS, the Moscow Times and multiple papers such as the LA and New York Times. Paul has been featured on World Net Daily, The Drudge Report, Huffington Post, and as an author, he's written four prophetic books: The Hosea Prophecy, Texas Blood Lake, Mark of the Beast, RFID, and Zombie Apocalypse. Paul Bagley, it is a pleasure to have you on the program. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. She looked great to be on.
0: You know, every day is like a nature hike through the book of Revelation, the book of Luke. We're seeing Mark 24 and Luke 21 culminate. There's so many things going on here. What is your take? What time period exactly we're in here?
1: That is a great question. And it's one that so many people wonder. I look at it as when it says in Matthew 24, verse 8, when it says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Okay, so we, I mean, we know people know that there's going to be the tribulation period, and there's a lot of things that's going to lead up to that, including the rebuilding of the temple, let's say, in Jerusalem. But when you look at all the apocalyptic signs, whether it's sinkholes, earthquakes, you know, extreme weather conditions, uh, all these things really are just the birthing pains and of the end times, of the end of the age, to the coming of Christ. And I, I would say... It's the beginning of sorrows, and it's only going to get more intense.
0: Well, I always think the, when you mentioned that word birthing pains, and I think about a pregnant woman, and that actually really is what it alludes to. It's like the contractions get closer together, they get more intense, and that's really what we're seeing. I mean, we've got 50 earthquakes in the last 48 hours. We've got Russia Today reporting what's going on with Fukushima, radiating the area, and we've got a locust plague in Australia. I mean, this stuff is right out of a uh, science fiction.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it... it- it's as if the plagues of Egypt have, have revisited us. And I mean, I actually wrote a book called Texas Blood Lake, where, you know, it's when the lake turned blood red down in Texas. And we've had 23 times now, Sheila, we've had the water turn blood red around the world in different countries, in different areas. Sometimes it's a lake. Sometimes it's a creek. Sometimes it's a river. It's sometimes it's the, you know, the lake, uh, the Sea of Azov of Russia, or maybe the uh, ocean tides along the coast of Australia, the River Yangtze in China. I mean, you name it, it's happened. So I wrote a book on this, but what I did is I took the t- 10 plagues of Egypt, how that each plague destroyed one of the idol gods of Egypt. But these same 10 plagues are now reappearing today. It's unbelievable. And even this locust you're speaking about that, that's hit Australia, The locust is is the largest locust they've ever seen. They've had 150 swarms. It's devouring crops. It's just, you're right. It's just, it's apocalyptic. There's
0: no doubt about it that prophecy is on fire in the world today, right now. And even a complete mindless minion walking around in an absolute dystopic trance, even people, Paul, that are not even aware of Christian prophecy in the Bible, any biblical sort of apocalyptic information, even they think something stinks in Denmark here. Don't you agree?
1: Oh, 100%. Matter of fact, you're seeing, I don't even know how many movies, uh, let's say, Leading up to 2012 in the Mayan end of the calendar, I mean, besides the movies leading up to that, and since then, the commercials, everything talks about the apocalypse. And you don't have to be a, a biblical scholar. You don't even have to be a Christian or, or even care about spiritual things to see that something is happening and everyone can feel it. They can feel it's happening. They, and, and it's because the actual evidence is everywhere. And... Uh, People are generally concerned.
0: Well, talk about now these earthquakes that have been culminating over the last, I mean, over the weekend, there's just been an absolute litany of these things. And it just seems like, again, that word you mentioned earlier in the show, the intensity, the frequency, it's like those birth pangs getting closer and closer together. I don't think we've ever had record. I don't think we've ever in the history of our, really our planet, we've seen anything like this, have we?
1: No, you're exactly right. we haven't um there's been uh, over the period of time there's been great events, but not at the frequency, not at the urgency, not at the destructiveness that we're seeing i mean the, the in two thousand and four when the tsunami hit Indonesia it what people don't realize and killed about a quarter of a million people was that day was the day that the the Hindus were down at the water. And they were putting their sins into the water. This was the day that their God was supposed to take their sins away. And then the water started washing away from them. They thought it was some miraculous sign that their sins were being removed. But instead, when the water came rushing back as a tsunami, it slaughtered them. There's been uh, tribes in Peru struck by lightning, killing all 13 of the elders from these strong lightning bolts, on a night that they were meeting to set the future for their their village. So we're seeing that these are not just only apocalyptic events of great um, intensity and and great loss of life, just like this earthquake in Nepal. 7,000 people have died, Uh, An unbelievable. We had an earthquake uh, in Michigan, the second largest earthquake in history this weekend in Michigan, 4.2. And a pastor was in the pulpit that night preaching about the end times, talking about the earthquake in Nepal when the earthquake hit hit uh, just not far from Kalamazoo and shook the church they were in, and, and second largest quake ever. There was an earthquake in LA when I was leaving uh, S- Sunday morning. Uh, there was an earthquake Sunday afternoon in San Francisco 4.0. So, to your point, and you just mentioned it 4850. 50 earthquakes the last 24 hours. This is not going to stop. It's like the contractions. If this is the birthing pains, we're in the delivery room, Sheila. We're in the <laughs> delivery room.
0: We're in the delivery room. Well, and also let's get into the blood moons for a minute because I know the blood moon is sometimes used to describe a total lunar eclipse. And when the Earth casts its shadow on a full moon and eclipses it, the moon may get a very distinctive red glow. Now, what's interesting is lunar eclipses usually do not occur in any specific order, but every once in a while, four total lunar eclipses happen in a row and this is called a lunar tetrad. Now, we are actually seeing a record number of total eclipses in this lunar tetrad calendar year, aren't we?
1: Yes, we are. And well, uh, since the crucifixion of Christ, uh, we've only this is only the eighth time that we've had a four blood moon tetrad landing on four high Jewish feast days. In 2014 and 2015 on Feast of Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles, the moon has turned blood red. And we've got one more to go. It's coming up this September 28th, the Feast of Tabernacles. It will be not only the fourth blood moon, but it will be a super blood moon, and it will be visible completely from Jerusalem. So these are, you know, the Bible talks about there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, distress of nations with perplexity and the sea and the wave roaring. This scripture is literally coming to pass before our very eyes, Russia attacking our, you know, The conflict going on in Ukraine, I should say, the pro-Russian rebels, uh, has heated up over the weekend. ISIS just executed 300 uh, uh, and killing Christians every day. I mean, we had the terror attack down in Texas Sunday night. We had the Baltimore riots. I mean, Sheila, seriously, we're in a very prophetic time.
0: Well, and then what's interesting, something you mentioned earlier, uh, these seas are turning blood red overnight. I mean, uh, just a couple of months ago, you have the China's Guangdong province having just red waves rushing onto the beach, turning the coastline into really a terrifying scene for those people and then you've got some very strange phenomenon happening all over even in Australia these red seas you've got crimson tides sweeping across the nations and very recently just a couple weeks ago there was also some very strange signs off the Philippines what do you make of all these blood red crimson tides?
1: You know it's a great question the Bible does say that the water will turn like blood or the color of blood in the book of Revelation, it talks about it in uh, the 8th chapter of Revelation, the 16th chapter. We know God has used the water turning blood red in the Exodus as the Jews were leaving Egypt. The first plague was the River Nile turned red. Your point about how that these things keep happening, I can tell you that the, the, the Lebanon River turned blood red for three straight days, three days and nights. The, the Lebanon River that run right through Beirut, Lebanon. And they immediately thought it had to be some kind of algae or something or another. Or then they thought maybe somebody was pouring dye in the river. But you couldn't pour enough dye in a river to keep it flowing three days and nights. And the same thing wow. happened in the Yangtze River in China uh, two years ago when it turned blood red for three days and nights. So there is, without question, these are some of the signs of the apocalyptic hour is when the water starts to turn blood red. So there is no... There's no question about it. We are seeing phenomenal biblical apocalyptic type signs
0: well one of the things I find so and and this is one of the things I rail about all the time is the fact that the church is absolutely in a stupor across the west but it's just so stunning that all these preachers are you know you see Creflo Dollar campaign on his hundred million dollar jet and all you see is these name it and claim it and blab it and grab it preachers across the west turning God into some skybound wish granting genie bestowing cash and cars upon his children and I think that's a very dangerous message when the Bible clearly says we will be in perilous times. And what does Jesus say? He doesn't say the pagans or the Satan worshipers will be destroyed through lack of knowledge. He says my people will be destroyed through lack of knowledge. What do you think the most significant thing is with the fact that the church is asleep at the wheel here?
1: You know, I'm glad you brought it up. It's it's the most troubling thing that bothers me more than the water turning red or 5,000 blackbirds fall out of the sky in B.B. Arkansas on, on New Year's Eve, you know, or, or 250 llamas die in Peru. Uh, what really bothers me is exactly what you said. This weekend I was preaching in a Bible prophecy conference in uh, California, and there was no big-name speakers. Myself, uh, a local pastor out of Ohio, and evangelist Anita Fuentes. Now, of course, I have a large following on YouTube, and she does too, but we have no church affiliations. Yet a thousand people showed up. No TV ads. A thousand people showed up at the convention center, and only four pastors were there. Uh, I even made mention to the people. I said, you know, what's sad is the pastors will not preach on the end times. They won't, Sheila, they will not read Revelation. They will not talk about what you're talking about here tonight. They won't even mention it because they're afraid that it will it's too negative. They say it's doom and gloom. We don't want to hurt the, the baby Christians. We don't want to get anybody uncomfortable. And like you said, their agendas is about the prosperity message. That's all they're preaching. Now look, God does prosper his people, but if that's the only message you got, you're a one trick pony. You got to have more to bring than just that. You better tell us why he prospers us, why he would bless his people, and what does that mean? Bentleys or Dentleys? Does God really care if you drive a Bentley, or is he more interested if your heart's right? And so, what I always say all the time is this there's a thousand people here, pastors. You might not want us to come and preach in your church, but your people are coming to mine. Your people are coming to my radio broadcast my youtube videos every day almost a hundred thousand a day and they're filling up these these convention centers they might want to take another look at what they're preaching the people know sheila something's going on and they want answers and the bible has the answers we have the answer
0: i quite frequently rail against these rick warrens the joel osteens the craft dollars and the plebeian permeating crew here who always talks about, you know, just come up higher, because that's really what Jesus commissioned us is go to the world and make sure people are uplifted. And in his new book, Joel Osteen shares, and listen to this, Paul, eight undeniable qualities of winners that can help you reach your potential, because you are created to be a winner, you will dare to dream big dreams, you'll run your race, and you'll expect good things and have a positive mindset. Because after all, the early church, that's what they were focused on is when they were being beaten and stoned and often starved and going through any u- ubiquitous amount of, of hardship. So apparently every day was not a Friday for these guys and apparently they weren't living their best life now. It's all about coming up higher, according to first Osteen five eight. I mean I'm being facetious, but you know, here's the thing. We are commissioned to preach the full counsel of God. It's not a Burger King religion. You know, this is not a biblical buffet where you can just pick and choose what you want here. And I find it absolutely stunning that God is reduced to some bellhop in the sky. God is not your bellhop, folks.
1: Exactly. And it's, it's, it's well, it's to the point, I, I'm stunned. I don't know what to do with the, this newfound uh, Christianity when they completely walk away from the fundamentals of Christ. No longer preaching the cross, no longer preaching the, the blood sacrifice of Jesus, being born again. Repentance is a word they don't know, they don't know anymore. Heaven, hell, judgment, are, we, are you saved? You know, this weekend, as I said, we had a, a thousand people showed up. Well, guess what? There were 36 that came forward for salvation. This is a Bible prophecy conference. I thought this was negative. There were 500 people that came to the altar wanting prayer, wanting to, to be, get stronger, repenting. Um, you know, the the problem is, Sheila, they're not preaching against sin. When they say God hasn't called them to preach against sin, I have to tell you now that's a flat lie. If you read the word of the Lord, we are we are supposed to be watchmen on the wall. We see the sword coming. We have to warn the people. If we don't warn them, God will require the blood on our hands. We are responsible. the The early church was the most powerful church of all time. And they were sawn asunder, stoned to death, st- tied up against a post and whipped with 39 lashes. Uh, literally, they were martyrs for Christ. And what really bothers me is this past week, one of my listeners uh, wrote, wrote us a letter. It was one of the letters we get every day. We started reading it, and the lady said she was at her home church, uh, and the pastor said, Folks, I know that ISIS is beheading these people in Syria and Iraq. But he said, I must tell you, those are not our brothers and sisters. Those are not Christians, for if they were, they wouldn't be being beheaded. This is, I, She said she just broke down in tears. She almost fell off her seat, and she wrote me in it. And I'm saying this is what the problem is. I mean, if you preach this prosperity message and that's all you got, that's the only thing you can talk about. And and you won't preach on sin. You won't you won't preach on persecution. Then what happens is you don't know what to explain to your parishioners, the padded pew parishioner, because you've been a playboy in the pulpit, and you have never. And now you can't answer why Christians are being beheaded. So the only cop out you got is just say they're not Christians. When folks, the honest truth, Sheila, they're more Christian than any of us. If you would lay your life down for Christ, you have to be sold out to Christ. There's no other way around it.
0: Well, yeah, you do have to be sold out. And God is supernatural, transcending the natural realm. We cannot truly come to know him and understand him unless we move into the realm of the Holy Spirit. And we can only truly worship God in the spirit because he is a spirit, it says in John four twenty four, And he desires to reveal his power and glory through us. Now in 1 Corinthians 4:20 Paul is telling us here that the kingdom of God does not consist in words but in power and the holy spirit is that inner power that God gives us to help us to live in this world while we're pilgrims here really. We understand that it's by righteousness of Christ Repentance and obedience is really huge to that, and yet, sadly, nobody is really preaching on repentance and obedience. But it's like that sticker you see, and I know I saw a lot of these in California when I was there. It says coexist, and it's a very devilish, occultic bumper sticker on their vehicle, coexist. And when you look up the symbols of all the it's Islam, Buddhism, Hindu, Taoism, in other words, we just all need to get along and not worry about our little theological differences. We are not to have anything to do with some of these devilish religions, are we?
1: You know, it's exactly right. I've seen those bumper stickers. It just, I, I you know, I want to, I want to puke. Uh, it's the gospel according to Oprah Winfrey. And that is, uh, according to Oprah Winfrey, there's many different ways to heaven. You can choose many different gods and you'll still, we'll all still get there. It's an absolute lie. It is deception, you know, Dr. feel good mentality. And it's telling people, you just keep doing what you want. Don't worry about it. Choose to pick, you know, pick the guy, which one you want. What happy meal do you want today? And what happens is it's idolatry. It is spiritual whoredom. God literally, this is the areas that God says, I will turn a nation into hell over. You know, the Bible tells us, He says, a nation that forgets God shall be turned into hell. And uh, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice When the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. And what's happening is this total state of confusion. Satan is the author of confusion. It's a lie. It takes the focus away from Jesus. It takes total focus away from the cross. It says Christ is not the Messiah, but there's many Messiahs. It's just absolute blasphemy. And uh, believe it or not, Sheila, mainstream churches, mega churches are embracing this. And they're leading the sheep down the path of destruction. And so I'm going to continue to stand out there and sound the alarm and and preach the truth. And there is a hunger. I can tell you there's a hunger of people who want to hear the truth. Um, And uh, they're not getting it from a lot of the pulpits. Not all. There are some really good preachers out there and and ministries. But there's a, a vast majority now that are truly headed in the wrong direction.
0: Well, the Lord Jesus drew attention to many dramatic and astonishing phenomena when he answered his followers' inquiry about the signs which would proceed and accompany his return and his establishment of his kingdom on earth. He spoke of wonders in the heavens, catastrophes on earth, great terror and dread in societies and intense persecution of the righteous. These signs are ominous and cannot be missed when they appear for they are extremely bold and probably i would think openly devastating so you know one of the main characteristics of the end time here it's 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 more subtle but it's very deceptive and it's a really poisonous phenomenon and it's really about the great apostasy many things Theologians have called it the falling away, as well as other derogatory terms, but it really is signifying the traits describing a last day's departure from, or what I call a denial of the true traditional Christian faith, and its replacement by this complete demonic counterfeit. Do you agree with that?
1: I agree 100%, Sheila. There's no question. You know, the the great falling away that it refers to in in, uh, Paul's writings is... From the last days they will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies with hypocrisy. Their conscience will be seared with a hot iron. And we're seeing this. It's every day, this deception. You're exactly right. They're falling away from the traditional values of the Christian faith, what makes Christianity what it's really all about. And that is that Christ is the Messiah, the son of the living God, who gave his life on the cross and rose from the dead to redeem a fallen humanity. And why in the world are uh, with theologians and and many that have studied the Bible, they're tossing the Bible aside now for a three-point PowerPoint or a poem. They barely, I've even heard ministers say, well, we don't really believe the Bible is the word of God. But we, it's, good, it's all right to reference it in our sermons. And I'm thinking, are you serious? Are you literally serious? Reference it. It should be the sermon. And maybe you reference something else to kind of help you. But uh, it's the, the word of God. And that's why you're seeing the falling away. I don't blame it on the sheep. I blame it on the shepherds. I really do. And, you know, I'm, I'm the nicest guy in the world. I mean, I, I love everybody. But when you get down to whether or not people are going to make it to heaven and are they getting the truth, there is no compromise. We are truly, this is one of the signs of the end times. This is more of a sign than the water turning red or the birds falling out of the sky. The sinkhole swallowing eight Corvettes in Bowling Green, Kentucky doesn't compare to the great falling away that we're witnessing. But I will say this, even as the church world falls away behind these illegitimate shepherds, there is a remnant of people. There is a movement of God in places like North Korea, where they're willing to be martyrs for Christ. China, the underground church. Even in America, there are people leaving the megachurch, and they're seeking the truth. They know this won't work. And uh, so even though there's a falling away, there's a revival stirring in the hearts of man.
0: Well, people are tired of this theologically watered down, seeker-friendly church. I I just went to this sermon about three weeks ago and I was stunned because I was sitting there and I actually thought he was going to crack his Bible once during the whole one hour and it was probably about 90-minute service. Never cracked his Bible, never gave a scripture, you know, so it's just like all these Christians... Paul, They've got the Jesus fish on their car, they've got the bumper sticker, but you can't see a risen Jesus in their life. They go to church, they pay homage once a week, three hymns and, as you said, a PowerPoint, preaching from the Reader's Digest. That's a risen life. That's a that's a royal priesthood. I mean, that is just sorely derelict in this nation, for example, with this Supreme Court case coming up that is really going to set the pace. I believe that this, if this goes through the Supreme Court, we're done. As a nation, And so, you know, you'd think that Christians would be descending on D.C. like a swarm of mad locusts, but instead it's crickets chirping in the pulpit, Paul.
1: You're exactly right. And I agree with you. The gay marriage agenda, uh, this is this will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. If the if America, if the Supreme Court justice make this a mandatory right and blanket the, the nation with this. America, this will be the great abomination, if you will, and uh, we've had many, and and God's not going to let us slide from uh, the abortion. He's not going to let us slide from all of this idolatry, but this one here is a mockery. You know, the institution of marriage, God compares this institution between a man and a woman as Christ loves the church. He compares salvation the, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, and, he, and Jesus the bridegroom. This is how sacred marriage is. So if you change the uh, sanctity of marriage, then you're, you, you're, you don't even have anything to compare with what Christ is love for us. You're right. This is it. This is it. And where are the protests? Where are the Christians? Why aren't we pounding? I mean, I feel like sometimes that we're just like, you know, we looked at like we're oddballs I mean we're like like what's wrong with them what's wrong with him why does he you know don't send his video to my YouTube don't put him on my Facebook page you know we got it all why don't you evolve they keep saying we need to be more tolerant or they say this is hate speech this is not hate speech we're not discriminating against any person in the world but when you talk about the sanctity of marriage it is an abomination if they pass this and I'm with you it will be the downfall The final straw of America. If we don't change
0: You're so right because Satan really does take everything that God ordains and he flips it on its head, he counterfeits everything. I mean, it's not just the tragic situation of I mean, what do we have now a seventy percent divorce rate I mean the pummeling of the family the modern traditional family is a is a joke and now they're teaching us it's okay to be transgender in schools I actually saw uh, frighteningly enough I saw and I have this on my end time headlines on my website there's an LGTB school the first of its kind now Paul in Atlanta Georgia if you're not lesbian gay bisexual or transgendered, you can't go to the school I mean isn't that just right out of the bowels of the devil and then with all the looming headlines we've got wars every week russia's doing this oh look all your foods poisoned by fukushima if these frankenfoods aren't already genetically modified into oblivion enough oh you're out of a job well good luck as the unemployment rate hits an all-time high and even if you do have a job and your money and your bank account well That'll soon be seized by the maniacal too-big-to-fail banksters. Oh, and hey, after Jade Helm implements martial law, civil war, and red list extractions, and carts you off to a FEMA camp, when you kind of step back and take a macro view with all this that's going on, and you throw in the mix, Paul, the morally bankrupt cesspool of a society we live in, I mean, it's not really that hard for people to get into fear and stress and anxiety. But the Bible tells us fear not more than any other statement to put our trust in God. And that's really imperative in, this, in these last days where people to understand how important it is to being led by the Holy Spirit, isn't it?
1: Exactly. You're so right. I mean, the, the number one thing he tells us that the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And I'll have people say this. Well, as a matter of fact, Sheila, the, the uh, National Geographic did a documentary a year and a half ago uh, about all these animals that died. And they knew I wrote a book called The Hosea Prophecy. And, and, and the Lord had shown me that these animals dying and fish and birds and all this, that this was Hosea chapter 4, 1, 2, and 3. And that this was going to continue to happen and would not stop because man won't repent, it says because there's no truth, there's no mercy, there's no knowledge of God in the land, and because of the swearing, the lying, the killing, the stealing, the committing adultery, then these animals are all going to die. And so the National Geographic goes out and does a documentary, and which they feature me in the documentary, but when they did, they lied to me. I signed a contract. I didn't get paid for it. I allowed them to use my material, and they told me they were going to take the, what they said, quote, my theory of the biblical principles of why these things are happening. They were going to look at climate change and they were going to look at harp, and they were going to put the three theories out there in a, in a documentary. They probably spent $3 million putting this thing together and all they did was mock me, make fun of me, laugh at me, laugh at the word of God and try to prove that all these reasons it's happening has to do with just weird scientific, uh, evolutional type things. And I said to myself when I watched, I thought, why in the world would a, a, a network like the National Geographic spend this kind of money and energy to only defame the word of God, to defame a minister? Why would you do that? What agenda is driving this? And I really believe it's the New World Order, or as the Bible calls it, Sheila, the beast. And this is why the FEMA camps are being built. This is why your gun rights are being challenged. This is why we're told we got to be tolerant. And yet we're the most discriminated people right now in the entire country. Christians are the most discriminated against. There's no question about it. There is a a demonic anti-Christ spirit sweeping through this country and around the world. It is, again, a major sign that we are living in the last days. And Jade Helm? Yes, these are they're preparing. This is all preparation for, you know, the FEMA camp era that's uh, obviously on the way. Well, and I don't know
0: if you saw this, but Nathan Liel was on my show last week and he talked about when he actually inverted that photo in the middle of the Jane Helm logo. It actually is a wooden shoe. And when we did some more research on it, it turns out it is a... Specific wooden shoe from the Auschwitz um, yep. camp attendees wore the, these shoes. I mean, there's some really blatant, in your face, kind of satanic innuendos woven into this jade helm theme. And of course, we know that they are planning something, but you were talking about all the signs happening in terms of look at you've got blue jellyfish washing up on the shores of Australia just last week. You have animals dying all over the world today in huge numbers and you've got you know millions of fish and massive numbers of whales and dolphins washing ashore dead birds falling out of the sky millions of poultry are dying from some kind of flu they say avian flu but I mean it's just this mass death list of animals massive bees dying monarch butterflies I mean what is your take on all these animals that are just dropping dead everywhere?
1: it's prophesied in the bible it's right there in hosea chapter 4 verses 1 2 and 3 uh, the lord specifically says because there's no truth and no mercy and no knowledge of god in the land because of the lying and, and you know all the sin and all the lack of repentance that god will use our sins against us by starting to cause the animal life to die all around us which is going to put a threat is threatening our food supply or our, our very survival, and it's because of our own disobedience that we're in this situation. And I was thinking about when you were saying there also, you know, uh, uh, Nathan Leo, when he talked about the wooden shoe, I did, I did actually hear that, and I actually did uh, follow up on that and uh, did a little research. I even did a YouTube video where I actually just put the logo, Jade Helm logo up with the shoe and explained to him based on what Nathan Leo had uh, discovered. That he was so right these shoes were worn by jews in the concentration camps with the striped pajamas and the wooden shoe and the blisters on their feet and they were being starved and this was part of the torment this was part of the wickedness why in the world would the united states government have a secret covert operation uh and have a wooden shoe it's it's a slap in the face of every jew in America, it really is. It, but see, they're it's they're so blatant. They're so uh, it, you know, the Illuminati. It, it doesn't have to be Katy Perry riding a beast in the halftime of the of the Super Bowl or or Madonna becoming a sacrifice with a bunch of demons horned men as at the Grammys. I mean, it's movie after movie. It's uh, news networks. It's a constant barrage of. Of, uh, of propaganda in your face the new world order is coming the illuminati spirit is both the beast the biblical beast it's ugly it's rising it's deadly and it definitely shows us we're in the end times
0: On a mass scale, there's just really a lot of people that will not acknowledge any of this is happening. They always write us off as these prophetic end time tinfoil hat kooks that are completely, I don't know what they think that we're either that or we're fear mongering. Because, I mean, I get the emails every week that, you know, you're just, oh, and now this adjacent term fear porn. I mean, it just never stops when you come out and you tell people, you know, the truth doesn't care whether you believe it or not. The truth is the truth, and we are supposed to be salt and light. And I think it's really amazing. I mean, you look at some of the things that, you know, Jesus is always portrayed as some little lamb petting effeminate guy that's wandering through the meadows, but Jesus also comes back as a warrior. And And I think that people just really need to understand that, you know, whether it's these FEMA camp stories or why Walmart's mysteriously shutting down these nationwide stores for Plumbing issues, yeah, right, and then you've got all these, you know, like Simon properties and these DHS agreements with big mega malls and big sports stadiums to house a lot of people. I mean, when you really start looking at these ABC Alphabet Soup organizations and all their very nefarious legislation, how is it that people are still not getting this, Paul?
1: Well, again, I have to take it right back to the pastors, I have to because. The, I don't expect the world. I don't expect the mainstream or lamestream media to be to reveal to the people what's happening. They're a part of. They are a major part. They are so wrapped up in the satanic uh, worship of uh, of the Illuminati. I mean, these are the guys that are members of the Skull and Bones and the and the Masons and the, and the Bilderberg groups and the Bohemian Grove. I mean, they, these are the players, the dark shadowy. Uh, governance uh, individuals, Luciferians, these global elitists. So the media is never, and I'm talking about the mainstream media, is never going to tell the people what's really happening. So their only voice is coming from people like you, myself, alternative media that is walking in the light of the Lord, literally got our eyes open and are not afraid to tell it the way it is. But you can't do that if you don't have your heart right. You won't do that if you don't have your heart right. You won't have the boldness. You can't deal with the persecution, the criticism, the hate mail, the death threats. You can, you won't do it. And so it's coming down to us. We've got to do it, and we've got to sound the alarm, and we've got to wake up first of all the church before we can ever wake up the world. And so you know, I'm, I'm proud of what you do. I really am. Uh, you know, uh, just you're doing a wonderful job, and, and a lot of people uh, brag on the uh, depth. Uh, the willingness you are to take on the tough subjects and to get to bring it forth in a very classy way. And at the same time, you know, you don't sugarcoat it because sugarcoating it or trying to hide it or protect somebody, what are you protecting them from? You're protecting them from uh, the truth. Well, that will only lead to a lie. So we've got to keep doing it.
0: Well, and prophecy tells us in Matthew 24 that in the last days many would be offended and betray one another. And I can really see that creeping in right now. We really have this, as Tom Horn puts it in his book, The Blood on the Altar, The Coming War, Christian versus Christian, because we see all these battles for religious freedom across the country. And we know a city in Idaho is acting far more like it is from North Korea or the old Soviet Union. Because I don't know if you saw this, Paul, but the Washington Times reports Coeur d'Alene, Idaho city officials have laid down the law to Christian pastors with their community telling them bluntly via and get this, it's an ordinance that if they refuse to marry homosexuals, they're going to face jail time and massive Fines And the dictate, of course, comes on the heels of a legal battle with Donald and Evelyn Knapp, those ordered ministers who own the hitching post wedding chapel in the city who oppose gay marriage. But the Daily Caller reported that a federal judge recently ruled that the state's ban on gay marriage was not only unconstitutional, but the ordinance they have in place now prevents discrimination based on sexual preferences. So yeah, you heard that right, folks. Pastors are being threatened with jail if they refuse to go against their beliefs and perform same-sex marriages. (laughs) If that is not a direct frontal assault, that even goes well beyond an assault on Christian businesses by the homosexual bullies. But that is a complete nightmare, Paul, when you've got... People dictating like this, totally against your religious freedoms and and liberties, and I think that's really where we are. We're kind of at that blood on the altar. And again, what does Matthew twenty four tell us? They're going to deliver us up. They will deliver you up and shall kill you. Matthew twenty four nine. So think about that. These are the words of Jesus. They shall deliver us up.
1: Exactly. I mean, you're you're exactly right, and. It's really sad what they're doing to those people in Utah. The, uh, and, and if the Supreme Court makes this mandatory, then what will happen is then they will pass legislation based off this Supreme Court ruling. And that legislation will say it will be mandatory, federally mandatory, that pastors will have to marry homosexuals or face stiff fines or imprisonment because they're going to say that this is hate speech. And here's the sad thing. There will be... I I will predict 70% of the ordained ministers will go ahead and cave and start marrying homosexuals. I'll say 7 out of 10 will. And the other 30% will then be ostracized. They will be shunned. They will be put in this corner. And uh, here comes the heavy hand of the law upon them. Now, I'll be standing there with them because I'm never, ever, ever in a million years ever going to break this uh, tremendous covenant with God. Uh, I will never do it. You'll just, you know, if I'm on a female list, I guess I'm put me first at the line. And I don't say that, uh, you know, with some kind of beat my chest. I say that with tremendous sadness. I say that with a heartbreak that a nation that was founded on the word of the Lord uh, yes, we had some uh, Illuminati people in the, uh, in the early days of our uh, nation's founding, but we also had uh, biblical principles supporting this thing. We have fallen so far. It's incredible. And you're right. This is, this is the breaking point. It is blood on the altar. Tom, Tom Horn is right. It is. It is, it is absolutely uh, the most—look at the next verse you quoted, uh, Matthew 24, 9. The very next one also says, And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another, and then the false prophets are going to rise and deceive many. This gay marriage agenda is literally the straw that would break the camel's back. And uh, I'm going to say something else, and maybe this isn't ever said much, but if you will ever study the gay community and study the murder that goes along with the homosexual agenda, you will find that some of the most violence there is comes from the Uh, homosexual community they uh, they must have it their way or else so this agenda is very dark it's not about sexual preferences this is a sexual predator spirit that's actually trying to devour the young men and women the young teens and even earlier that with this transgender movement the the spiritual sickness the sexual perversion I mean this thing is wicked to the core and um, we've got to, we've got to stand up fight back to the bitter end we have to
0: Well, I really believe it's demonic, and I believe that these gays are completely embedded into very serious afflictions, because the Bible tells us about curses and various demonic afflictions. When you open the gate for an abomination from God, you're going to have the spirit of death, the spirit of Antichrist. You're going to have a lot of these very offensive spirits, and you're right. This group is ravenously brutal. They are just, it's egregious and flagrant bashing of Christians, and you know, you mentioned earlier hate speech, well now if we even say anything about somebody being a homosexual or a sodomite, let's call it what the King James called it, then we are outright labeled as not only hate speech, we are complete bigots we are rebel rousers and vigilantes and terrorists in this nice little dystopic America version 2.0, there's no room for people who believe in the constitution, there's no room for good Bible-believing, red, white, and blue, liberty-loving Americans. There's no room for that. There's no room for freedom because in the reboot of America, that will be an archaic idea that will have no place in Obama's dreamland. But in reality, it's actually a nightmare, isn't it?
1: It really is. It absolutely is. And that's exactly what they're doing. Is they, uh, the li- liberal agenda, truly, I think Michael Savage says, he wrote a book called uh, Liberalism Is a Mental Disorder, And I'm not saying that in any way to anybody who may have a a mental challenge. But liberalism basically says this. The term means to be liberal, to let everybody have liberty. But the truth is liberalism is a prison itself. And what it does, it says you do it our way or else. And so conservatives and Christians and patriots and veterans find themselves being shoved to the corner. They're not tolerant of us at all, yet they preach liberty. But they themselves are prisoners of their own demonic spirits, and you know when you talked about when you take on this this uh, Sodomite spirit, what it does it's it's called a lead spirit in demonology, and when you take that as your lead spirit or the main spirit driving you, then you will also take on what's called companion spirits, and they could be wrath, they could be anger, they could be jealousy, they could be vengeance. There are, mi- there are many companion spirits that go along with whatever is the lead spirit in a, any type of demon possession. And these two people truly are possessed. Now, I pray for every one of them, and I have seen many come to Christ and be set free of this spirit, just like heroines being, heroin addicts being set free, porn addicts being set free, alcoholics being set free, homosexual addicts can also be set free. But you have to give it all to Jesus, folks. And so we're not discriminating against anyone. We're saying people are bound by different things. And uh, these different spirits, demons, have only one purpose, and that's to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, though, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So it still comes down to this. It's a choice. People make decisions. And you're not born that way. You choose to go the way you go. And I mean, these are all the lies. These are the lies that the media has been selling, Sheila, for so long. I want to regurgitate every time CNN or or MSNBC or one of these other networks get up here and start talking about people are born this way or born that way. You know you're not born this way or born that way. You make decisions. And in some cases, children are being forced. I mean, now we got five-year-old kids having sex changes because their parents think little Tommy wants to be Tammy. I mean, are you serious? We got to raise the level here. Well, if the Supreme
0: Court rules in June that so-called gay marriage is a civil right, protected by the U.S. Constitution, then Christian pastors who refuse to perform same-sex, although I hate that word, marriages, will be breaking the law. I know Mike Huckabee was talking about this last week. I think there's something that just came out by Justice Anton Scalia who said, if it is conceivable that a minister who is authorized by the state to conduct marriage can decline to marry two men, if indeed this court holds it's a constitutional right to marry, that basically means that if that's a constitutional requirement, they can go to jail. And you're going to see a litany of people conforming to it because they, let's face it, everything gets good until you're going to actually have to maybe get carted off to jail, right?
1: That's exactly right. And I think what we should do is at that point, the minute that the first pastor is sentenced to go to jail for refusing to marry uh, gays i i'm going to call for all pastors everyone to get on a bus, get in a car, get in a plane, fly to whatever little county jail that is in any city it is in America, and stand in line and demand that you be thrown in there with them I mean this has got we got to break this thing everybody wants to run around and protest everybody wants to hold a flag and, or hold a sign. That this is where we're going to separate the men from the boys. We're going to find out who's really on the right side of God's word. It's easy to play church. It's something else to be the church. And if we want to have power in these last days. Are you serious? We want to be some of these mega pastors talk about your best day now. Well, God wants to see his best day now. And his best day now is when you pick up your cross daily and follow him. So what we have got to do is have a change of mentality. We've got to fight against all of this propaganda. I'm telling you, these justices are going to be under the pressure. I pray every night that the Holy Ghost visits every justice. I know Ginsburg, I I know you might say, and it's impossible. I don't care. She might be going to go her way, but I want God to visit her every night and literally open the pits of hell for some of these decisions they're making. I want them to see what they are actually doing. So that when they wind up there, they don't say they didn't know. God is going to bring the hammer down. When they make this decision, they need to know this decision is life or death, heaven or hell. They need to understand what they're doing.
0: Well, you talked about being a cross-bearer, and that is taking up your cross and following him. And believers today, really, Paul, think that the call of Jesus is to health, wealth, and prosperity, and yet nothing could be further from the truth. The call of Jesus is a call to die. It's not a pleasant message, but his message never guaranteed a pleasant life. Every day is not a Friday. Look at it in even in his followers in the early church, John 16, 33, he said that trials would come to his followers. Discipleship demands sacrifice and Jesus never hit that cost. And he also promised that he would be there to give us the joy and peace of the Holy Spirit, comfort us in our trials and act as a faithful high priest who understands our struggles, but it's really about accomplishing what God set out to do. And I think that's where people are missing it. We have to take up our cross, follow Christ, and we have to commit to the point really of giving up our hopes, dreams, possessions, and even our life if need be. And that is the only acceptable attitude of a true disciple. Luke 1427 tells us very clear that Jesus followers regard the reward as worth the price. And what did Jesus do? Well, he set an example for us even in his death to give us the gift of life. Whosoever shall save his life will lose it, but whosoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And that's really where we have to be focusing, isn't it, Paul?
1: Amen. I mean, you know what? You couldn't have said it any better. The Bible tells us them that live godly shall suffer persecution. I mean, we will be the offscaring of the earth. Uh, He said, Rejoice, though, when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. He said, Rejoice, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets were before you. And so to your point, I want to say to everyone listening, you must stand your ground. You must carry the cross, but it is the greatest life there is. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. You know that you know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And the hope you have is beyond even this world. But to live as Christ, to die is gain. And I say it all the time. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so even though everything else could be caving around us, even though persecution could be building up all around us, we have the joy of the Lord. No matter what comes our way, we live in victory.
0: Amen. Well, I can't end it on a better note. Paul, thank you so much for coming on the program tonight.
1: It's a pleasure. You know, I'm honored to get to come on. You do a great job. And uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. And I tell you, you're on the money. I mean, I give you an A plus.
0: (laughs) Well, I give you an A plus on a lot of the stuff that you're doing. Just give out your website again for those listening, Paul.
1: It's PaulBegleyProphecy.com. I'd like to get you scheduled to be on my show. It'd be yeah, great. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'd be happy to anytime.
1: All right. God, God bless. bless.
0: Folks, that was Paul Bagley from PaulBegleyProphecy.com. His information is linked there at WeekendVigilante.com. So I just want to remind everyone that if you're listening to the show today, please do drop me an email. Let me know how you like the show. And folks, I am looking for people to partner with my ministry to keep it on the air and this program is 100% listener funded so if you're one of those listeners that has been blessed by the show please do what you can and I appreciate that Folks, if you go to weekendvigilante.com and you look at the right-hand side, try Sheila's Fountain of Youth product. Considering what we're up against here being bathed in this toxic stew, GMOs, frankenfoods, chemtrails, fluoridation in the water, big pharma, our bodies are getting pummeled six ways to Sunday, folks, and I have looked for the last nine years And I found a product a year ago that I absolutely love. And there is nothing like it. Please do click on that link. It says try Sheila's Fountain of Youth product. Folks, you will not be disappointed. I stake my reputation on it for a product. I've tried everything and there is nothing like this. You will absolutely feel incredible. And I guarantee you'll look younger. You'll feel better. Well, I'll tell you what, this product is in a league of its own. So, please do go to my website, go down the right hand column, and it says try Sheila's Fountain of Youth product, and it certainly lives up to its reputation. Folks, give it a try. Try the 90 day max longevity challenge. I guarantee you can thank me later. Folks, we have a great show tomorrow. Ken Shorjan from The Examiner is stopping by. It's going to be a great show. And Ron Paul is going to be dropping by for a portion of the show. Very exciting to have Dr. Ron Paul. I read his book and the Fed. And let me tell you, Dr. Ron Paul is a wonderful man. You know, there's a lot of people with different opinions. But I tell you, He has really stood up for our fundamental Christian liberties and freedoms. So it's a pleasure for me to have him drop by the program tomorrow. So folks, I really appreciate you. You're my family. I do this because I care about people very deeply. And if I wasn't concerned about people, I certainly wouldn't do this. So I just want to let you know that I get barraged with a lot of emails saying fear monger. I'm a climate criminal, too, by the way. I'm on a website now and I'm Sheila Zelinsky is officially a climate criminal and should go to jail because I don't support the global warming theory that man is causing it. The anthropogenic global warming thing, I think, is a massive hoax. But it's got very sinister, nefarious roots to it. And I expose that in my book, Green Gospel, which reminds me, the publisher tells me 45 days. So sometime in June, I'm going to be making the announcement when it's officially available. I'm really excited about the book, folks. Like I said, it's been a long, hard, gut-wrenching process to put this book together. And I really believe you'll be blessed by this information. I really feel that it's very timely with the Pope issuing the biggest climate slash environmental encyclical coming up lots going on so folks thanks for tuning into the broadcast tonight good night and god bless